You're listening to sermons from St. Macarios the Great, Orthodox Mission in Hyde Park. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Glory to Jesus Christ. Glory be Purity of heart is to will one thing. That was the title of a book by the great Danish philosopher Soren Kierkegaard. And it articulates well our Lord's teaching to us this morning. Purity of heart is to will one thing. We pick up in the gospel this morning in media res, in the midst of things. Christ is in the midst of his great Sermon on the Mount, and in the section that we heard this morning, Christ is drawing a sharp distinction between two ways of life. There is the way of God, which is the way of purity of heart, and there is the way of idolatry, the way of the pollution of the heart. It's a classic way of teaching, drawing this sharp distinction. It echoes the words of Deuteronomy. I call heaven and earth as witness today that I set before you life and death, blessing and curses. Choose life that you and your descendants may live. But in this gospel this morning, Christ does not merely present us with a binary choice. It's not merely this way or that way, he shows rather a chain of choices that lead either towards life and purity of heart or a chain of choices that leads towards death and idolatry. And the, the chain, this progression, is very, clear, very clearly seen in the text through a set of three binaries. And it all begins with the eye. The eye, our Lord says, is the lamp of the body. The ancient world understood the eye not as a window that received light from the outside world, but rather as a lamp that projected the light outward and thus grasped and perceived the external world. Now, this difference of understanding need not rob us of the powerful metaphor. Our perception begins with the type of vision we have. There are two types of eyes, says our Lord. There is the eye that is a plus, We heard in this translation this morning something like sound, healthy. These are often translation choices. But of course, this word in Greek really means single or simple. If your eye is simple or single, 
then your whole body will be sound. But rather, if your eye is evil, poniros, the evil eye, then your whole body, your whole being will be full of darkness. So we have a distinction, two types of eyes, the good eye, the simple eye, the singular eye, and the evil eye. Now, of course, you've probably heard some things about the evil eye. It's something that has gained a lot of cultural meaning and significance down through the generations. But this word evil eye has a very simple meaning in the scriptures. This phrase, evil eye, appears several times in the book of Proverbs, which is fitting because our Lord is engaged in some wisdom teaching this morning. You can take, for instance, Proverbs chapter 23, verse 6, and I'm going to read it from the Jewish Publication Society translation because they retain the literal phrase. It says, Eat thou not the bread of him that hath an evil eye, neither desire thou his dainties. Now that phrase is there, but it's not quite clear what it means. But we get clarification in Proverbs chapter 28, verse 22, again from the JPS translation. He that hath an evil eye hastens after riches and knows not that want shall soon come upon him. So both of these texts speak of this evil eye, but what exactly does it mean? I think the second text makes it much clearer what Proverbs is talking about. The evil eye hastens after riches. And the picture becomes even clearer when we compare it to the good eye, the singular eye, the eye that Christ also compared it with. In Proverbs 22, verse 9, we read of the good eye that the one that hath a bountiful eye shall be blessed, for he gives of his bread to the poor. So the good eye, the single eye, is a generous and compassionate eye. The one who possesses this eye shares his bread with the poor, while the evil eye is greedy, is miserly, is envious, begrudging to share with anyone. So what our Lord is saying this morning in the gospel is that purity of heart begins with the eyes. It begins with our vision, how we see. If we see the world with greed, with envy, then our vision will become clouded and our whole being full of darkness. We will be blinded. But if we see the world with generosity, and with compassion, then our whole being will be full of light. So this great chain of binaries, it begins with the vision. But vision is, of course, not 
the end of the road. How we see what vision we have leads along the way to whom we serve. As Bob Dylan once sang, you're going to have to serve someone. Once again, we are presented with a pair of binaries from our Lord. No one can serve two masters. For a slave will either hate the one and love the other or be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. And this is the choice then before us. And it follows naturally from our vision. If we see with an evil eye, if we see with an eye dedicated to greed and to envy, then we will end up serving the false god of mammon. The vision that we have leads us either to worship of the true God or to idolatry. The one who sees with greed can only serve the demands of money. And whatever sacrifices the idol demands will be offered in pursuit of that false God. I think we saw this very clearly early on in the pandemic. I don't, I don't know if you recall some of the uh, op-eds that appeared in newspapers early on that said things like, we need to get the economy going again, and I'm sure grandma and grandpa would be willing to sacrifice themselves for that goal. What else could such a death drive be but worship of the idol of mammon? And the evil eye and worship of mammon are rampant in our society. And the demands of human sacrifice are great. So it begins with a vision. A singular eye or an evil eye. It leads to service, worship of God or worship of mammon. But Christ does not leave the matter there. It's not only about how we see or who we serve, but it's also fundamentally a matter of our attitude. And these different choices, these different binaries lead to different attitudes. They produce them, in fact. There's two attitudes on display. The one exemplified by the creation the birds of the air, the lilies of the field, whom God cares for, the attitude of trust, and the other exemplified by the attitude of anxiety. Now Christ is not attempting here to give a full genealogy or explanation of anxiety writ large. But what he is doing, rather, is showing a pathway or a trajectory. The evil eye that sees with greed, that serves mammon, can only find its end in anxiety. For what do our possessions tend to do but to possess us? And I think we all know this to be the case intuitively. The things that we invest are with value The things that we invest with value are those things whose value we tend to worry about. 
whether it's a favorite toy as a child or something as grand as a new house or anything in between. Those things that we invest with value are the very things that generate our anxiety. And especially if we serve mammon, we will experience the anxiety of mammon. How is my wealth doing? Am I able to secure it? Am I able to protect it? What are the potential threats? Whereas the one who sees with the simple eye, the singular eye, the generous eye, the one who serves the God of life, who created and sustains the world, this person can let go of that anxiety of mammon and trust in the generous providence of God, the author of life. So, purity of heart. Purity of heart is to will one thing. We began with that statement from Kierkegaard. And it's a fitting one because it reflects perfectly the climax of the gospel this morning. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. This phrase summarizes the entirety of Christ's teaching, the entirety of the Sermon on the Mount. If we value what is truly valuable, then we will find peace. This is not a call to fickleness, but to freedom. If we set our will on the kingdom of God and its righteousness and justice, then we will see with a generous eye. We will serve the living God rather than the idols of mammon. And we will experience the peace that comes from trusting in God. This is to practice the righteousness that the gift of the kingdom of God demands. For it is a gift, but also a demand. And in the practice of the kingdom's righteousness and justice, what St. Paul calls the purposes of our heart will be disclosed. So if what we value, those things that we set our eye on, that we serve, will lead us in one of two ways. And Christ is telling us this morning, choose life. Value what is truly valuable, the kingdom of God, the justice that God brings, his righteousness that we can practice. And so we will find life in his name. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen.